1: Live.
0: Good evening, and welcome to tonight's Disciples Life class. This is our midweek Bible study, brought to you by the uh, uh, by the uh, Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. I am Apostle Rose White, and I am delighted that you have thought it not robbery to be here with us for another night of study in the Word of God. We are here as disciples. For Jesus Christ, we're ready to grow and to go, being able to do all the things that the Lord is calling for us to do in this time and in this season. We want to welcome tonight any and all of our first-time callers, our guests that are here with us on tonight. God bless you. We appreciate you being here with us. and For all that have already dialed into the studio, please know that everyone is on you. Um, so, and even those that are in the chat room, God bless you. We see you there, and we appreciate your presence, being here with us on tonight. We are a teaching and evangelistic ministry, and so there's going to be several scriptures that we are going to be reading on tonight. Last week, we didn't have midweek Bible study, so we are on uh, for tonight, and so I pray that you have come with your heart ready to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say for us on this week and that you come with your Bible, you've got your pad, your pen ready to take lots of notes. And uh, we do, we're going to be covering quite a bit of information on tonight. So we ask that you would bear with us as we're going to be moving sort of quickly, but at the same time, we don't want to go so quickly where you don't grasp hold of everything that is going to be said. So with that, we're going to go through with our preliminaries tonight because we're not sure how the Spirit of the Lord is going to lead us um, on tonight. We're just going to go as the Spirit of the Lord um, leads, guys, and direct. But before we move forward, I'm going to um, just ask Pastor Lake Baker if she'll just quickly open us up in prayer, and then after prayer we'll be coming right back um, to give announcements and going right into our study. Pastor Baker, if you would pray for us quickly.
1: Amen. Father, we do thank you tonight. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for another night, O God, of fellowship, another time of worship and fellowship in your word tonight. Father, we give you glory and honor for all that you have done this day. And we thank you, O God, for every heart that has dialed in tonight to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to them. Now, Father, we ask tonight that you will look upon us, Lord, blot out our sins and transgressions, Lord. Father, we ask that you cleanse us that we may have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us tonight. Father, we are believing you by faith, we take authority tonight over any distractions that will come over the airwaves, we bind the plot and play and the plans of Satan tonight in the name of Jesus, and we loose the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost over the airwaves, Lord, that your word will fall on good ground, and that we shall yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness, bless your people now, bless the woman of God as she come and break unto us the bread of life, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise, and we, we receive your word tonight with thanksgiving and praise, and It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Baker, for opening us up in prayer. Uh, We do want to thank God for all of you that have been praying for Brother Thomas. Um, You know, he's doing well, and so we give God praise, glory, and honor for that. We do want to announce, um, just in case we have anyone to drop off, uh, please remember that we do have Monday through Friday our morning manner that begins at 6 a.m. right here on TalkShoe. Um, you can dial in the same number that you dialed tonight except using the uh, code 140273 two seven three pound. Again, that's 140273 two seven three pound. Um, You can also join us for those of you that may not have a local church and, of course, for our Church Without Walls, those members that are all across um, the globe can tune in live every Sunday morning beginning at 9.30 a.m. for our School of the Bible, which is uh, our Sunday school time. Uh, followed by our morning worship hour that begins right at 1030. And so, again, you can tune in live by dialing the same uh, number and using the same code that you dialed in tonight to join us even on Sunday morning. Share with others, especially those that are um, sick, shut-in, those that are homebound. You might know of people that may be on house arrest, but for, for whatever reason, those that are at home that desire to be in a live service, please invite them to be with us here um, every Sunday morning. And then also you can learn more about our ministry by going to our website, which is www.kogfellowshipchurch.org. Continue to pray for us as we need partners that will partner with us through praying for us, as well as sowing a financial seed. Know that every seed that you sow helps us to be able to, See, lives change one life at a time. And so you're able to do that by going to our website, clicking on the Donate button, or you can mail your check that is made payable to KOGFC and send it to our church location, uh, which is 337 South Skell Street, Unit D in Reedsville, North Carolina. The zip is 27320. We thank God for each and every one of you um, that continue to pray for us daily and support us um, in every way. We are in the process of even receiving clothes and food um, as we're looking forward to just being a blessing to all those in whom we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis. Well, tonight we are um, continuing in our series, which is Dealing with Spiritual Warfare and uh we want to look because there's lots of things that we want to share tonight and uh we're not don't know exactly how much um that we are going to be, you know, covering but we're going to get through as much as we possibly can on tonight. And so please know that we want to look at spiritual warfare that is effective because, you know, um, when we hear of spiritual warfare, so many people are constantly talking about warfare, warfare, warfare. But a lot of times people are just talking about stuff that they've read about, stuff that they hear about, um, but it's not something that is actively being utilized or being used. Therefore, spiritual warfare is just uh, uh, a word that we're hearing. Nothing is being effective, though. And so, demon powers—they literally know how to stop most believers. Let let me just say it like it is: they do, Um, you know. But we are not like other other Christians, you know. We 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 realize that God has created us to be different. See, you can see what others don't see. Uh, We can see the the effects uh, that Jesus has upon our life and the life of others, and so. Jesus was a spiritual and he is a warrior. And so, after the anointing of the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, uh, we have the anointing of Christ on the inside of us. And as he rebuked demons, as he faced Satan, as he healed uh, the sick, and he spoke literally principalities and powers, he has given that same authority to you and I today. And so, we need to be walking in that so that we can be effective when it comes um, to spiritual warfare and being able to fight the very wiles of the enemy. You see, Jesus, he, uh, he defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. And he is our redeemer, and we can give God praise on tonight that he is risen. And so I pray that tonight that through this particular study, um, you and I will begin to see things in a whole different uh, way when it comes to spiritual warfare and to recognize the fact that when we pray, when we're dealing with things in the spirit realm and coming against certain things, we want our prayer to be effective, not just to be praying, just to say wonderful prayers. But we want a prayer that is effective, and prayer that that moves and touches the heart of God and causes things to shift and shake. Hallelujah! So when it comes to spiritual warfare, um, this is part of Christianity, you know. And uh, and know that once we become believers in Jesus Christ, um, this war don't ever end. We're in warfare forever. And so historically, when we think about this. You know, there has been that rise, there has been a fall of even, you know, a a spiritual power within the church, you see, because we see so much opposition today, you know, we see lots of things, demonic principalities, there are powers that are moving within the church house today, and we see little power. Uh, of seeing those spirit realms being demolished and being broken and destroyed. Literally demonic attacks have come against the church and it's causing the church to become helpless. And so here we want to begin to understand the power of true spiritual warfare. Uh, For those that are listening that are are leaders, you see as leaders have recognized the uh, spiritual warfare that has caused by uh, the powers of darkness, uh, they are beginning to realize the importance of equipping the saints, you know, to be able to use that delegated spiritual authority that God has given us to fight back. We are not called to just stand back and to watch stuff happen. But we are called to fight back. And so when leaders uh, ignore the any dark rulers of this world, what happens? The believers and the church suffer behind it. And so uh, know that we are in a spiritual war. We are in a battle right now. And, and the battle is hotter than it used to be. You know, once upon a time we would say, oh, the battle is hot. Well, it's, it's ten times hotter, I, I would say. You know, so whether we want to be in this war or not, we automatically become a part of this battle when we become uh, born again in Christ Jesus. And see, Jesus didn't ignore demon powers. You see, he didn't teach his apostles to ignore them. You know, what? when we look at uh, even the scripture, uh, for those of you, and again, this is a time of, of study, and so we pray that, that you have come Um, and that you have got your Bible ready so that we can begin to look at some things very carefully um, here on tonight through uh, the word of God. And so Paul actually, um, he taught the disciples and he taught um, the believers many different things. And so I want to look at, if you would, Turn with me, and I want to look at first Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, and uh, I'm going to be looking at, I'm reading from the King James Version, Um, because, you know, Paul was such a a great teacher, and uh, he had lots of things to say, and when, when Paul is speaking, we need to be paying attention. And so in Matthew chapter 10, even uh, when we look at a couple of things, I want to first look at this particular verse um, here in Matthew. It says that when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Here Jesus has given the disciples here uh, power against unclean spirits. To do what? You know, to cast them out. You know, he gave the disciples power to heal the, heal uh, those that were sick and uh, to heal those that had all forms of disease. And so as Jesus taught, Paul also taught the church in Ephesus and how to battle. You know, he actually uh, began to teach as saying, according to uh, chapter 6 of Ephesians, in verses 10 to 13, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He talks about that whole armor. Here he says, put on the whole armor of God. Again, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Talking about fighting back in the evil day and having done all to stand. And so here Paul is backing up what Jesus has said even over in Matthew chapter 10. You see, where he had given those disciples the power that was uh, vital in order for them to come against unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal the many types of sicknesses and diseases. And when we think about warriors, you know, we always look at military men and women today. What do they wear? They wear an armor. And see, armor is for those who fight, those fighting men and women. And so Paul here likens the, the spiritual opposition uh, uh, to warfare. He teaches five important truths here when we look at this. You know, Christ's followers should be what? Strong and Lord. They should be full of spiritual power. They need to recognize devils to have, you know, wiles and tactics. I want you to know that the enemy has all kinds of plots, plans, and schemes. Uh, he's always conjuring up some kind of mess um, to be able to come against the saints of God. And then this particular battle, it's a spiritual battle. This is not a natural battle. Here is where we're not coming with Uzis. We ain't coming with AK-47. It ain't a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle here. And then when it comes to spiritual warriors, again, we have to make sure that we have on our armor the same as those that that are in the military, those that are uh, in armed forces, those that uh, are put in harm's way, police officers, those that are warriors, they have on special attire. They wear an armor. And so we have to do exactly the same when it comes to being spiritual warriors. You see, this is a battle where we've got to be ready at all times to fight back. It's not something that's just once in a while. So when we call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ, you know, we better be ready to fight. You know, we there's no weak saints over here, not on this side. And this is a time like never before that we have got to become bold as lions. Because if there's ever a time that the devil is fighting, he's out for blood right now. (laughs) So we've got to be ready. We've got to be a bold people, men and women, ready to fight. So the Apostle Paul, he knew very much about spiritual opposition. See? You know, for they talked about in First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse nine says, "For a great door and a is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries, not just one or two, He says, "Oh, but there are many adversaries." Every time you turn around, see again, the devil ain't after those that are out in the world. You know, if, if the folks in the club, he ain't after them because he already got them. See, he after those that, that proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, those that are looking for heaven, uh, uh, that is their home. Those are the ones that he's after. And so every time you turn around on every side, there's a fight. There's an adversary. There is an enemy trying to, to, to trip you up on every side. And so here, you know, Paul, he's constantly using terms when it comes to teaching and training leaders. We hear even over in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Again, this is fighting. So people that, that say, well, you know what, I don't believe that we've got to fight, and I think that we should just, you know, just just be okay and not even worry about that. We shouldn't even never even use the terms of fighting. My thing is then you, you haven't read your Bible. You haven't read the words of God because Timothy definitely says here, fight the good fight. Of faith, laid hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And again, you know, in Second Timothy, over in the second chapter, verse three, he's talking about the good soldier. He says, "Thou therefore endure hardness." Ooh, that ain't that don't sound nice, to, it? But he's saying, "Endure hardness as a good soldier." Of Jesus Christ. So he's letting us know right up front that as a child of God, as a warrior for the Lord, it's not going to be uh, days that we're on a flowery bed of ease. You know, we're going to deal with some hard stuff. We're going to deal with some tough stuff. We're going to deal with some tight situations. And then even in the fourth verse, continuing with Second Timothy verse 2, he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. When we choose to walk as children of God, uh, we will find that we don't, you know, people say, well, y'all don't have no life. You know, you don't get a chance to do this, and you can't hang out and do that. Well, the war the word tells us that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. You see, because this actually this world is not our home. And so therefore, we are looking at doing the things that pleases our Father in heaven. Why? Because we've been chosen to be a soldier for Jesus Christ. And then even in First Timothy chapter one. Verse 18, again, he's using the terms that's dealing with war. And for those of you that are listening, like my brother, you know, uh, you're, uh, these were military people, military men. And so you know about the terms of military. Pastor Baker, who's husband, military, you know, you understand the terms of warfare. And when it comes to the spiritual realm, we're also dealing with war. He says, this charge I commend unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by thee mightest war a good warfare. Listen to that. Warring a good warfare. But then when we look over Second 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, here it's talking about not warring after the flesh. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You see, we are in this fleshly body, but therefore we are not looking at becoming entangled with the things that satisfy the flesh, with the things of this world. You see, we all war after the flesh. And then in that same chapter there, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to so the pulling down of strongholds. There comes times when we got to recognize that there is some stuff that we got to pull down. There are some things that we got to demolish and some things that we got to destroy and break down. Hallelujah, those strongholds. Now, Paul um, uses terms such as soldier, fight, uh, weapons. He uses the word armor. And warfare means armed conflict against an enemy. And so as you and I are believers, we have to understand that there are Many are uh, spiritual enemies of Jesus, and those enemies are demons, principalities, and powers. So as children of God, we don't want to have to talk about those things, but we have to if we're talking about becoming warriors for Christ. We've got to know who our enemy is, uh, just like in any war, in any battle. As a soldier, you've got to know where your enemy is. You've got to know who you're fighting against. And so we have to understand who our enemies are. And so here, when we think about spiritual enemies, you know, a lot of times we don't talk about systems. We don't talk about structures. A lot of times we don't talk about kingdoms and and organizations that are actually uh, um, demon-inspired. You know, there are many organizations that people have built, structures that have been put in place that have been demon-inspired. And so this is uh, uh, something that is worth thinking about for you and I. That's why we have to be very careful about what we allow ourselves uh, to become involved in. That's why sometimes people will call us fanatics uh, or they'll call us strange because we choose not to engage um, in everything. We we choose not to be a part of everything. We choose not to uh, get ourselves connected with anything because we recognize that not everything is God inspired. It might be something great, something nice, and something that everybody else is becoming a part of, but is it what God has inspired? Is it what God would have for you and I to be a part of? And so as Christians or believers, you know, the Bible lets us know clearly that we are not to yoke ourselves with systems in which the uh, uh, the devil has influenced or built. You know, anything that's, that's worth, you know, has to deal with exotic uh, uh, instruments. There are so many schemes out here today um, that people are constantly trying to get us to get involved in. They want us to buy in all kinds of junk bonds every time you turn around somebody's got something that they're putting before you to say you need to get hooked up with or you need to take a part in. There are some things in which the enemy is put in to cause us as believers to lose everything that we have. you see. Uh, There are all kinds of things, even political deception. You know why? Because the enemy is a thief. He comes to, to kill, steal, and to destroy. So he gets us caught up in certain things to make it look good, you see. Um, There are things, even in times past, and if time allows, we're going to be talking about those things that we can get tied up with, you know, um, uh, even in times of our past, uh, things that have happened, drugs, um, all types of abortion clinics. There are things that have been out there that was demon-influenced, and as people of God, we've got to begin to understand and combat those things. You see, these are, again... All of this are, are have the influences that are not of the Lord. And so, you know, uh, we've got to identify those things and call it as it is. See, people don't want to address certain things, but it's time that we call out what is not of God. See, spiritual warfare is a spiritual fight against a spiritual enemy. So, again, those enemies, as I mentioned earlier, are spirits principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. See, our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're so busy fighting one another, you know. Uh, church folks is busy fighting each other. You know, you got leaders fighting against leaders. It's constant about about flesh and blood. But this is not a battle that's against flesh and blood. Our warfare is a battle in the spirit. You know, it manifests itself in the natural. And so in order to win spiritually and and for things to get better, you know, we've got to understand these things, the difference between what is spiritual and what is natural. This is where the word of God and, and through the power of battling and prayer, it becomes vital to you and I as disciples of Jesus Christ. This is why we call our Wednesday night study Disciples Life class. It's not just a little Wednesday night Bible study where we're coming together to talk only about the flood and to talk about the rainbow. But we're dealing where the metal meets the road. See, as disciples, there are many different even types of prayer. And not all prayer stops demon powers. Say, we gotta stay in the word, get in the word, grow in the word, mature in the word. But you'll never grow in the word if you don't read the word. If we don't get we just pick up the Bible on a Wednesday night when it's time for Wednesday night study and we're just skimming through those scriptures or we only pick it up for when the the, uh, pastor calls for the scripture to be read on Sunday morning and that's all the word we got, then you know what? We'll never grow and truly mature. We'll be just going through church, just going through the motion, but we're never maturing. If we never pray, we'll never grow. We'll never mature through the power of prayer. So it's important that we stay in the word. We get in the word. We read the word. We meditate on the word, day and night, night and day. Even the Bible tells us that when we do these things, then is even when we have good success. And our good success is everything in our life. Success is not also not just measured in dollars and cents, but it's that good success is being strong and in the Lord and in the power of his might, being able to combat every while and plot and plan of the enemy that is thrown in our way. Hallelujah. Now, when it comes to we know we talked a couple of weeks ago um, about even discernment. It's important that we be able to fully walk in discerning of uh, the presence of the activities that are not of God. Those demon activities, you see, uh, people. Many people are influenced uh, by demonic spirits. Their activities. Uh, our demonic uh influence, and we got to be able to discern uh what is of God and what is not of God. There are some things that are there there's a thin line and and only through the spirit that we'll be able to discern or be able to tell what is of god see you the, we're at this place in our time and our life where we can't stop certain things from happening. But we can go through life not ignoring them. We are aware that they're happening. The evil spirits, the spirits of infirmity, seducing spirits, spirits of error, those unclean spirits, the antichrist spirit, even Jezebel spirit. And we were talking about for the last several weeks dealing with that Jezebel spirit, even uh, uh, the spirit of, of divination. These things are taking control of the church house today. You see, many of our churches have this infiltration throughout the house. You know, people are being seduced by seducing spirits. Many pastors are are being completely controlled by seducing spirits, evil spirits. There are many today that are constantly suffering with the spirit of infirmity. And this is one of the reasons why we are constantly lifting up and interceding on behalf of leaders and church houses every single day because we want to see every person set free. We want to see churches liberated and walking in the freedom through Christ Jesus. These particular types of spirits, what do they do? They target uh, uh, authority, you know, places of authority. They're, they're not after... Just mediocre people that's just not doing anything. You know, if you know, even for for us, if we're just pew sitters and we just come to church and that's all we're doing, you know, then that it's one thing. We our trouble may not be as bad. But the moment you start to move out into any place of authority when God is calling you to a higher place, taking you into a whole other realm, moving you into a, a new dimension. Oh, there is going to be some stuff that's going to get shaken up, and so sometimes these spirits work alone, and at other times they got a network. Ooh, my my! You know, you know. Sometimes we got networks of organizations that work together. Well, you know, there are spirits that have their own form of network. They coming together to work against the saints of God, to work against the work of the ministry, and there are some that have actually become victims. Uh, by evil spirits, because you know, they, let me just say, they're afraid to to judge demonic operations, and so there comes a time when you know you're going to have to judge some stuff. Even uh, John, he, he taught to try the spirit. According to First John chapter four verse one, says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God." Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. That's one of the reasons why we believe. You just can't be running around eating from everybody's table. You know, every prophet come to town, folks get to run it. Oh, I got to go here. You know, prophet so-and-so is in town. You know, bishop so-and-so is in town. You know, they got a word they're going to say. And But know that everything that sounds good is not God. Everything that look good is not God. And so we have to try those spirits to see if they're of God or not. You know, spirits, they work through people. So to try the spirit means to put them to the test. And when you do this, guess what? Them devils respond. Yes, they do. They will respond. And so uh, four things that I was thinking about, you know, that uh, spirits use to stop. Uh, uh, your uh, spiritual discernment. You know that then people try to don't judge, lest you be judged. We all hear that, right? Don't you judge? You know, or either people are to throw at you. Well, you know, uh, uh, Jesus said, "Let the one that without sin let him throw the first stone." Another way sometimes the enemy will, will cause you to not righteously judge things, you know, and say, well, the measure you use to judge somebody else is going to be measured back to you. they try to throw the little guilt trips back on you. Or either, this is the, the great one that a lot of times we hear, oh, take the beam out your own eye first. I think I've had somebody tell me all, all four of them sometime in the same statement, <laughs> you know. But it just it goes on and on and on. Why? Because the devil don't want you to know truth. He does not want you to walk in the authority that Christ has given you. Say, know this, that the devil knows the word. He knows the Bible. And so he can quote some scriptures. Only thing the devil can't do is he can't live right. You know, I had a an uncle, I loved him, God rest his soul, you know, but he would quote some scriptures left and right. He knew them from Genesis to Revelation, but all he had was just the left, you know. That's all he had. And he could use the scripture just enough to argue a case, you see. And so you can't go by just because somebody gets to quote new scriptures because the devil will use the Bible to stop Bible-believing people. Yes, he will. See. Therefore, everybody should examine, you know, we should examine our own hearts first. This is absolutely true. But spiritual discernment requires sound judgment. I think I need to say that again. Okay? So when, when you get ready to look at things and you're judging things based on the word of God, yes, we have to first examine ourselves. It's vital that we examine ourselves. But when it comes to having and walking with that discernment, that spiritual discernment, it's going to cause you to bring about and to have sound judgment. You've got to judge things. And, And when I talk about and when I say judging things, this just simply means to make a judgment. Making a judgment, I don't want nobody to get this twisted, does not mean you're being judgmental. Because what a judgmental person is, is one that is a fault finder. It's constantly trying to find something that you're wronging. You know, that's not what we're discussing. That's not what we're talking about. But as believers, we, you and I should never be fault finders or false accusers. What we're talking about is that spiritual discernment that causes lives to be affected. See, again, what does the Bible tell us? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, that. and that, what's that flesh and blood? People. You see, but what we deal with is demonic spirits. And so you and I make judgments every single day. You know, we believe what we hear or we don't. You know, so we're not judging anybody's salvation, we understand clearly that that's between them and God. But what you and I are judging is what spirit that they are flowing in, the fruit of their lives or their ministry. What kind of fruit is coming forth? See, good trees bear forth good fruit. And bad trees bear poor bad fruit. So this is where those uh, uh when we talk about values and world views, that's what uh, this comes from. Now, listening to and, and, and being around people, um, let me just say this, lest you know what they value. Um, I, I was sharing with somebody not too long ago, um, even when people are dating people, you know, they meet people on the internet. They meet people in these chat rooms. They meet people in the, on these dating sites like eHarmony. And, you know, people can look a different way when it's just through a chat or when it's through a telephone, you know, uh, when it's an online chat room. But it's a whole different ball game when you are with them eyeball to eyeball, face to face, and you can fully see them for who they really are. And so listening to and being around people, it'll let you know exactly what they value. And so what happens? We make judgments doing conversation and, and by watching uh, um, people's actions, you know. We find out what they embrace. We learn about people's value systems. We, we learn even as we watch them and observe them, what are they pursuing? You know, what are their goals? What are their desires? What are their, you know, ambitions in life? What do they talk about? (laughs) You know, that's that's the thing. When you start to to being around people, you find out their values. And so value-based judgment, this happens every single day. And the scripture says to us, according to Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together except they agree. And that's what the word of God tells us. And when we look at Amos 3 and 3, and I've taught on this um, before, times past, that this is not just dealing with, a lot of times people put this with marriage, folks. <laughs> you know, it's, a lot of times it's just used for the purpose of, of marriage. But it is about all things where people literally come together, you see. Um, uh, that can not only just be marriage, but it's also in dating. It's in business dealing is in ministry engagements, is in uh setting up and establishing a partnership or any type of group that you're bringing about together. You see, so how can two walk together except they agree? Deacons govern or, or board rule churches and organizations that a, a lot of times they don't walk in agreement with the senior pastor. You see? You know, they govern how the church is run rather than here in the heart of the shepherd that's been Place in charge and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct. There are our partnerships, you know, in business that have trouble because one partner may want to merge with a large mainstream conglomerate while the other partner wants to remain a little small mom and pop shop. And even today, as I began to continue to, to think about this and, and to meditate on this, because, you know, while they are sitting with my brother and, and um, just meditating a little bit with this, you know, husbands and wives, and I've seen this time and time again down through the years, I have seen many husbands and wives that attend separate churches. One may go to the Baptist church. Another one is, is in Catholic, you know, so they've got different values. They've got different goals. There are couples that are dating, you know, one wanting a wedding with all the family and friends, and the other one just wants to run away and elope with nobody but the justice of the peace or, you know, elected officials as the witness. Or perhaps that husband might want to go and live in an expensive home with the Ivory League crowd in the gated community, while the wife is only desiring to live in a little country in a small, simple house with a picket fence and family, living in that family-oriented community. So, again, how can two walk together except they agree? They won't because their values are not the same. And so when it comes to even in our spiritual life, shared values draw people together. And those values govern our life. Values determine your relationships with others. Those shared values will empower folks to walk together. See, people fellowship with each other based on what? Shared values. What you value is what you'll pursue. What you value is what you'll protect, what you'll enjoy, what you will fight for. What you value is what you keep. And so decisions are based on what you value. See, churches are built on shared values. Political groups are built, and we can see that even right now. There is so much uh, controversy and separateness and just really craziness today, even within the political arena, because there's no agreement. And so organizations, they are built on shared values, relationships, are built on shared values. Those, and, and we see so much difference today when it comes to value. That's why things are, are breaking down, and especially within the church. So you spend time with people that value what you do, you know. as I mentioned the other day, why would you have people around you that don't value you? Why would you have people come into your home that you know that they they don't value anything about you? See? And so this is human nature, and Scripture says that we are not to be even when it comes, and if we're looking at, I'm just going to say it this way, if we're looking at becoming a people that are powerful for the Lord, we've got to make sure that we are uniting ourselves with people around us of like mind, of like heart, and even like spirit. And see, the Bible teaches us, it says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. (laughs) It says, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is not my words. A lot of times people don't like these, these verses in 14 to 16. It says, what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? On what part have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with Isaac? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Again, how would you know if you are unequally yoked if you don't make a judgment? And so in this scripture, the apostle Paul was not being judgmental against unbelievers. You know, he was basically pointing this out for our protection. It's a guidance for the sons and the daughters of God. See, Jesus authorized us to make judgment about things, about people. Yes, he did. You see, Christ said, you shall know them. In other words, We are going to accurately know them. Somebody might be saying, well, you know what? I just don't believe it. Well, you know, look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 18. It says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. That's the word. Hallelujah. And so for those of you that are single here, that are listening on the line tonight, hallelujah, put your spiritual ears on. You know, God is calling us, to be strong disciples for Jesus. He's calling us to be warriors for him, to put on the whole armor of God. If you love the Lord with your heart, your mind, your soul, you enjoy worship service, reading the word of God and praying, And then all of a sudden, someone comes in your life who is completely the opposite. There is no prayer life. They won't read their words. They make excuses. And why they don't attend church outside from the normal work schedule? You know, they don't, as a matter of fact, they prefer not to have any fellowship with other believers and know this. Let me just say it. It is what it is. This is a tree that you can rightly judge. Why? Because their action speaks louder than words. And so additionally, let me say that if the lifestyle is not conducive to the word, you know, they want to go clubbing on the weekend, drinking, midnight rambling, just hanging out with people who live a life outside from Christian living, then you can bank on it. This is a tree with some bad fruit. (laughs) You know, there's some bad fruit that is full of worms and rotten spots within. It will contaminate you. It will cause you to not be able to be that soldier that you need to be, to be able to war against the wiles of the enemy. And let me say that it is true. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. Get rid of the bad apple. We want to be those warriors that win, that our warfare is effective. And sometimes there are things that we allow in our lives, in our midst, um, that will cause us to not be effective in the kingdom. And so it's, it's unscriptural for someone to tell you not to judge, you see, because the spiritual man judges all things. And scripture makes it very clear. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet, he himself is judged of no man. did you Did you hear that? See, it's the spiritual man that judges all things. You see, are you that spiritual man? Now, when we looked at it and I began to, to look at um, judging, to judge, um, there is a, a a meaning behind this, and there's a Greek word for that, um, and it's called an Anacrino. This is Bible study. Um, and so here we're looking and defining this word that is talking about to judge, and here is defined as number one to investigate. so when that spiritual man is judging, it's investigating, examining, inquiring into scrutinizing, sifting and questioning Well, that's heavy number two, as a judge would hold an investigation. Number three is defined to interrogate and examine the accused or witnesses. And number four is defined here under this word, to judge, estimate, determine the excellence or defects of any person or thing. See, sometimes we get so we, we get to a point where we feel like, "Oh well, I just think you just should not judge." Well. You know, this is, this is the word. This is what the word teaches us. And so Christ never taught his followers to ignore demonic spirits. They don't let demon spirits use their weapons of what I call mass depression, you know, to stop you from discerning things spiritually. You know, of course, we are not to unfairly judge people or to be judgmental, because people that are judgmental are right out mean-spirited. They mean to hurt people, condemn people. Some people will even just judge your salvation. But that's not what, again, what we're talking about here. You know, we make judgments as we seek to weigh what we hear, what we see, against the, the written word of God. That's what we're talking about. And this takes spiritual maturity to see things as they really are. Sometimes we don't want to see things, but God will show us clearly by the spirit things as they really are. And so there are powers that know how to stop most believers today, you know, but we have to begin to stand up and recognize that we're not like other believers. We are called to see things and allow the Holy Spirit to show us, so that we know truth from error. And so, you know, we've been dealing with many things over the the past couple of weeks. Um, And so tonight I wanted to be able to cover this particular part. There's so much I wanted to cover here um, with you on tonight, but I'm already getting near the end of, of our hour for tonight. But I want you to begin to think about this real carefully. And next week we're going to be picking up, um, with some things that is dealing even with generational curses. Um, there are so many churches and ministries do not deal with generational curses. A lot of people don't even believe in generational curses. But there are things that happen. Again, it causes us not to be able to have that that spiritual um, uh, time of prayer and to have, be able to war spiritually to be effective when it comes to praying. So here is that time where I pray that even next week that you will continue to meditate all throughout this week, continue to meditate on these scriptures that we talked about on tonight so that even next week we can begin to look at how things can affect us today, but how things even from our past can hinder our moving forward, being effective in our warfare praying. See, this, here is, this is right now where we've got to break some stuff. We've got to break down some things, and we've got to destroy every stronghold that hinders us from being effective in the kingdom of God. God has called us to be a people that is effective in this time and in this season. We've got to understand things in order to know how to pray about them. And so I I pray that you have been blessed by this particular part on tonight. Um, There is much more that we are going to be covering. God is teaching us about things. And so if you have been taught that you should not be judging things, began to let people know, I'm not judging you as a person, but I'm judging things according to the Spirit. You are judging things based on the Word of God. You are judging things, not a person, not a man. You are not being critical of them. Many do not understand that. But for you and I, you are being, you are growing as that disciple, being mightier. Uh, than many today, because even churches don't teach this. And so, as believers, we cannot walk out that life, that uh, walking in that authority, because many don't even understand their authority today. Today, I pray that if there's anything that has been in your life that perhaps was not according to the Word of God, for those that have gotten themselves tied. Um, into certain things, and even when it comes to unholy alliances, ungodly soul ties, being unequally yoked uh, with other things, organizations, people, or persons, um, that this is a time when you will begin to say, God, I need you to sever this to the very root, so that during your time of warfare, you'll become affected, so that yokes will be broken over people's lives. But those yokes have to first begin with you and I. Amen. And so we're grateful tonight for this particular time that we've been able to have to study about the effectiveness of spiritual warfare. Talking about values. It's important to know what you value. What is it that God would have you to understand when it comes to values? Begin to continue to meditate. When it comes to discernment, know the difference between the things that are true and the things that are error. Begin to pray in your personal time of devotion about those areas that the enemy uses. You know, those, those things that identifies the enemy, those spirits, those powers, those spiritual wickedness that are in high places. Know this. Understand it. Do not be a people that is unaware. And then make sure that you're fully armed with the whole armor of God. We must put on the whole armor, making sure that everything about us is covered, that we're leaving nothing leaking. We're leaving nothing open. We're leaving no cracks. There's no crevices. There's nothing that the enemy can get in between to get to us. Right now, this is happening today. There's been such a time that I'm constantly hearing many that are giving up, many that are giving out, many that have already thrown in the towel, some that are contemplating throwing in the towel. Why? Because they did not reinforce the armor. Tonight, let's reinforce that armor. Let's get rid of the things in our lives today that brings about a hindrance, that causes us to become separate from the Lord, from hearing the voice of God and from moving out in the places in which he would have us to walk in. And so tonight, as we are preparing to go into our time of prayer, I'm going to to say that if this all begins with first having a right relationship, with the Lord Jesus Christ. If there is anyone that is here tonight that would say, you know what, I've, I've been listening, but I'm not even a believer in Jesus. I'm not saved. I don't know the Lord as my personal Savior. If that's you and you're honest and you're saying, you know what, I've I realized that I've got to get myself together, then this is step number one. So we're going to pray for you. And I want you right where you are, and it doesn't matter, and I want you to also understand it's not about a feeling. It's about your decision that you are making to turn from the world and to turn to Jesus, to totally repent of all wrongdoing and to allow the Lord to become your all in all. And so if you are ready to make that declaration and to pray, the prayer of repentance, then I want to pray with you first of all on tonight before we go into our main session of prayer. Amen. I want you just to pray this prayer after me with hands lifted up. And those hands lifted is just to say, God, I surrender my all to you. Say this prayer. Father, I come to you a sinner. I need you to save my soul. I am sorry for all the things that I have done. I repent tonight. I repent of my actions. I repent of my deeds. I repent of my thoughts. I repent of the words that I've spoken. And I repent for not serving you. I ask that you would forgive me. Tonight, come into my life. Come into my heart tonight. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ came that he shed his blood, that he died on the cross for my sin, that he rose again after being buried with all power in his hand. And I believe tonight that Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of Lords, and he is the King of Kings. I confess him on tonight as being my Savior. Now I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to speak with new tongues as your spirit gives utterance. Thank you for forgiving me and for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer with me with all sincerity, know that old things have been passed away and behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and the angels in heaven are rejoicing because of that decision that you made on tonight. Hallelujah. And because you made that decision, we are rejoicing with you. And so be, uh, we that are here um, on for the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church, we want to ask that you would Quickly contact us, send us an email at at com, or go to the website because now you need to be able to take it to the next level. It's one thing to receive Jesus, but it's another thing to become a part of a ministry, to be in a place that you can call home, where you can be trained, where you can be covered, where you have um, a leader and prayer warriors that are covering you and praying for you on an ongoing basis. And so if you are ready to take it to the next level, go to our website at www.KLGFellowshipChurch.org. Click on the iChurch tab for those that are across the country. Um, there you will read more about uh, what we have talked about on tonight, making that decision. And um, you will have an online form in which you can complete. And uh, the moment you you complete that full online form and click submit, it will come over to us. And one of our ministerial staff will be contacting you to help you to further grow in the things of Christ. Amen. We're so excited about that on tonight. To God be the glory. For those of you that are here that are on this call on tonight. Um, that is here in this time of study, we pray that you have been stirred in your heart, you've been stirred in your soul, um, that there have been some things that have been said that may cause you to realize, you know what, I wasn't there. There was some stuff that I didn't understand, and here it is, I'm 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 growing in some new things. Then tonight we're going to pray um, that you will continue to grow, that you will continue to mature that we all come into that place of recognizing that all that we know is not all that there is to know. And God is calling us to a higher place. He's calling us to greater wisdom, to greater knowledge. And he said we're all about getting to get understanding. Hallelujah. And when we know better, we do better. Amen. And so tonight as we are preparing our hearts and our minds, To be able to go into a time of prayer, I'm going to ask that each one of you, that you will join your faith with mine on tonight. And we're just going to see where the Spirit of the Lord is going to lead us in a time of prophetic intercession. Amen. Uh, There's nothing greater than prayer. And we don't take this time lightly, but we give God praise, glory, and honor for allowing us the opportunity of being able to come together. To stand in the gap on behalf of the people of God, to stand in the gap um, for people that we may not even know about, but the Holy Ghost knows, Amen. And so I'm going to ask that you would join your faith with mine on tonight as we pray. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you, Hallelujah, for this day. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to see this day, to have been a part of this day, to now bring us to the end of our day. We thank you for carrying us throughout all day today, allowing us to work and to do the various things that we have to do and then letting us come to sit, to sup at your table, to hear your word and to be able to grow in wisdom and in knowledge of your word. And so, Father, we praise you and we glorify you on tonight for your loving kindness, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, oh, God, on today. And, Father, we ask right now that you would search our hearts. Oh, God, we thank you for the word that we have heard on tonight. And so, Father, if there is anything that is within us, oh, God, that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we ask that you reveal it to us on tonight. If we have walked in a way that has been contrary, oh, God, that if we have aligned ourselves up in areas that was not like you, O oh God, that you would show it to us, O oh God, and remove it, O oh God, on tonight. Cleanse us tonight, O oh God, with your blood. Let your blood cover our mind, cover our heart, cover our soul, cover our entire being on tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way on tonight. Hallelujah. Move right now through the airways. Move right now through the lives of all of God's people. Move through every household on tonight. Move like never before. Hallelujah. Help us, oh God, tonight to be able to receive your word with thanksgiving. Help us, O God, to allow ourselves to live according to your word, that we will not just be hearers only, but that we will become doers of your word. And so, Father, we ask right now that you would cleanse us and that you would create in us, O God, that clean heart, renewing us that right spirit, O God. Help us tonight, O God, that we will heed the words in which you speak to us day in and day out, O God. Help us to be mighty warriors on tonight, oh God. And so, Father, we thank you. Now, Father, as you have forgiven us, oh God, help us to walk in forgiveness of others. Help us, oh God, to remove any amount of unforgiveness. Remove out bitterness that's in our heart, oh God. Anything that's within us, oh God, against someone else, we ask that you remove it right now in Jesus' mighty name, knowing that unforgiveness will cause our prayers to be hindered on tonight. And so, Father, we lay all of our cares at your feet. We cast our cares upon you because we know that you care for us. And, Father, we thank you. I thank you for every man, for every woman. I thank you for every young person. I thank you for every family that is represented here on tonight. I thank you for every leader that is listening. I thank you for every ministry that is represented here on tonight, you Father, I give you praise, I give you glory, and I give you honor for your vessels that are here, oh God, that come and that attend week in and week out, oh God, yielding themselves unto you, owning themselves before you, God, for having an ear to hear what it is that you are saying. Father, I ask that you would meet their needs on tonight. Do for them what is necessary and needful in their lives. Father, we thank you, oh God, for those that are representing and standing in the gap, for their families on tonight. Those that are making war on tonight, for their loved ones that are still out in a world of sin. God, we call forth our families right now from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We call our children that are unsaved, we call them saved, God, tonight. We speak those things that are not as though they were. And so tonight, God, we decree and declare that our children will be saved. Our loved ones, our siblings will be saved. Our parents will be saved. We thank you right now for every person that comes in our midst. Father, we decree that tonight that they will be holy. They will walk upright before you, oh, God. And so we thank you, oh, God. Hallelujah, for moving by your power. Help us, O oh God, to be a light. Help us, O oh God, to shine bright your goodness, your love, your kindness, O oh God, into a midst, in a midst of people that don't know you in the pardon of their seed. Save, O oh God. Save today, God. Help us, O oh God, even those that are working in outside jobs. Bless us, O oh God, that when we go on our job, that we'll be a lighthouse, O oh God that we will represent Jesus Christ. Father, you said if you be lifted up, that you will draw all men unto you. And so, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Help us that our lifestyle will represent you, that people will see you because of the life in which we live, a holy life, a righteous life. And so, Father, we thank you for your love that shines through us, that love, oh, God, that people want to come and to be around us, oh, God. Father, we give you praise. We ask that you would go right now, oh God, even in the hospitals on tonight. Go into the sick room. Go into the nursing home. Go behind the prison bars on tonight. God, we ask that you would touch each and every person, oh God, that is dealing with some type of infirmity, someone that is dealing, oh God, with every kind of sickness or disease. Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch them on tonight. God, we ask, oh, God, that your, you will call their faith to be increased, that they will begin to believe you, that they will begin to reach out unto you and touch the hem of your garment, knowing that as they touch the hem of your garment, that they will be made whole according to their faith. Father, right now, we thank you for every person that is standing in the gap, for elderly family members. Oh, God, we ask that you would bless them all tonight. We stand in the gap, O oh God, for the widows and for the orphans on tonight. Father, we ask that you would bless those, O oh God, that have lost loved ones, those that are bereaving on tonight, that are preparing to bury loved ones. Comfort them on tonight, O oh God. Strengthen them on tonight. And, Father, we ask that you would bless those preachers that are standing behind those pulpits, even as they are about to offer up those sermons in the midst of a funeral, that they will fail not, to give a call to salvation. That souls will begin that even in the midst of a home service, oh God, that men and women, those that don't know you, will begin to cry out, what must I do to be saved? That altars will be filled with people crying out, coming to you, hallelujah, saying, Lord, save my soul. Don't let it be said for me too late. God, we bless your name tonight. Father, fill the altars. Let people run from the altar, oh, God. Call us to cry out for those that are lost, those that are sick in their souls unto tonight, God. Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. Now, Father, I ask that you would bless those, oh, God, those that are in these hospitals where you've got people that have witnessed to them, where your people have been strategically placed within these facilities. That have told others about Jesus. Oh God, we ask that you would bless them that as they sow the seed, oh God, that there will be others that will calm, that will water that seed that has been sowed. And oh God, that you will bring forth the increase in their life. God, I bless your name tonight. I thank you, oh God. I thank you for every church tonight, God. We ask that you would bless every church house, that you would bless every leader of tonight. Father, we lift up every apostle, every prophet. We lift up the evangelists, oh, God, tonight. We lift up pastors and teachers. We lift up bishops and elders. We lift up deacons and deacons. We lift up members, lay members, oh, God, every person in their perspective, place. Help us, oh, God, to have an evangelistic spirit. Give us a heart, give us a mind, oh, God, to want to go out and to tell someone about your goodness. Help us, O God, to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person in whom we meet. O God, help us, O God, to be concerned about every lost soul beginning with our own. Help us to stir up the gifts that are on the inside of us, O God. Father, we bless your name on tonight. We ask that you would bless our church. Continue to strengthen us as a whole. Continue to bless, O God, our ministry. Continue to bless this broadcast, oh God. Continue to bless even our morning matter broadcast. Let us not do anything out of duty. Let us not do things out of formality. But, oh God, we ask that you allow us, oh God, that we will be instruments that will cause hope to come forth into the lives of a people that have no hope. Help us, oh God, to become a lifeline to someone that feels like giving up. To someone that feels like throwing in the towel. God, we lift up leaders all over this land. Oh God, those that have gotten tired, they become weary. Oh God, help them, oh God, to run to you. Help them to cry out unto you, oh God. Help them to speak you while you may be found. Help them to get stirred up in their most holy faith. Help them to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Help them to turn their plate down to thank God. Father, we thank you. And, Father, we ask right now that you will cause intercessors all across the globe. Help your intercessors to arise. Help your intercessors to come out of their place of slumber and sleep. Help them to get stirred up oh God, picking up people in the spirit, praying, O oh God, day and night on behalf of your people. Oh God, help us to arise, O oh God. Help us in the midnight hour instead of sleeping that when you wake us up that we'll get up, we'll get on our knees, and we'll begin to pray like never before. Help us, O oh God, to get a love for your word. Help us, O oh God, to have ears to hear what you are saying to us by your spirit. Now, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you tonight, oh God, for causing your people to arise, to cause your people to come out of that dry place, calling us to come out, oh God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now that you're calling the dry bones, hallelujah, to live again. I thank you today, God, for the dry bones that are coming into their rightful place. Father, oh, I thank you, oh God, for bringing and letting waters, living waters come forth, oh God, into those dry places and giving life and that life more abundant. God, I praise your name tonight. I bless you, O oh God, on tonight. Help us not to be weary in well-doing, oh God, knowing that we're going to reap if we faint not. Oh God, tonight, strengthen your people like never before. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Now, Father, for those as we are about to go off this line, there may be some that are preparing to go into work. Oh, God, we ask that you would give them safe travels, those that are traveling. Father, we ask that you would bless them, that they'll be safe in their places of employment. God, we ask that you would bless those that are driving on their way from work on tonight. Father, we ask that you would bless those that are living in places where there's danger lurking all around. God, we ask that your angels will be camped around about your people. Place your angels at every window. Place your angels at every doorway. Oh, God, let your angels be camped around your people, oh, God, so that no hurt, no harm, no danger will come nigh their dwelling. Tell us, oh, God, that we walk not in fear, but that we trust you with our hearts our mind, and our soul. God, I bless your name on tonight, oh God, for every person that is traveling, whether it's through land, air, or sea. Give them safe traveling mercies on tonight. Bless our young people, oh God. Bless them to be safe while they're out of school. Let them not be easily influenced, oh God, by evil workers. Oh God, bless families, Unite the families like never before. We stand in the gap, oh God, knowing that the enemy is coming to destroy marriages. We ask, oh God, that you would reconcile broken relationships. Bring peace, oh God, where there has been confusion. Open up the lines of communication between husband and wives that we're not able to talk with one another. Oh God, help them to be able to talk, oh God, like never before civil conversation, not stalking at one another, but they're able to talk to one another. Oh, God, help them, oh, God, to be able to call and to reason together. God, knit them together, knit the hearts together, remove the voices out of their ears that is causing them not to hear the heart of their spouses on tonight. God, we thank you for every family unit God, I stand in the gap of families. Hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus, knowing that there is a war against families, There is a war against marriage, and we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every plot of the enemy. We bind every plan of the enemy to destroy the lives of families of tonight. And God, we lose for love. We lose for peace. We lose for a sound mind. We lose for open communication. We lose for unity on tonight. Oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you tonight. I thank you. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor, oh God, for your people on tonight. Now, Father, as we're about to leave this life. God, we ask that you will keep us, oh God, in perfect peace. Help us, O oh God, that our mind will stay on you each and every day. Help us, O oh God, that when we leave off this line, that we will remain in your presence. Now, Father, if there's anything that I have failed to ask on tonight, I ask that you would fail not to grant it on tonight. Help us, O oh God, to stay on our bended knees. Help us, oh God, tonight to get in your word like never before where there was slackness in your word. Help us to get fired up. Help us to become stirred up to get in the word, to read and to meditate on your word day and night and night and day. Father, bless us. Keep us in your care. Keep us protected and keep us shielded from the arms of the enemy. For it's in Jesus' name. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to say that on behalf of all of us here at the kingdom of God, fellowship church, We want to thank you for being here tonight for our disciples' life class. We are rejoicing tonight because truly the Lord is good, and he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God, and I look forward to being back with you either at our Morning Matter broadcast or our Sunday service or back here on next Wednesday night for another episode
1: of the Disciples Life Class. God bless you and Shalom. Amen. Amen. Apologies. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere